Okay, so the reading uh, this morning is from Ephesians chapter 4. So Ephesians chapter 4. And the Bible reads in verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that, that ye walk worthy of all the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above you all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lowest parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to, to unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbour, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let the sun go down. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labour, working with his hands the things, thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Uh, could I please ask uh, Brother Ben, do you mind just playing, praying for the service? Yeah, of course.
Okay, the title of my sermon today is How to Become a Good Church. How to Become a Good Church. Right, so um, the population of this country, guys, England, is 56 million. So 56 million in this country. Um, and it is, it is a wicked, wicked country, isn't it? We've, um, you know, we all live here. Some have been here longer than others. And wow, it, it, what a place. Uh, Sister Sarah, I know right now, is studying this and... and kind of coming up with a lot of info about that and it, it I mean it's just mind-boggling how how bad this place is we, we've got you know you see perverts everywhere you see this liberalism just growing especially amongst the young amongst the so-called intelligent the educated um, just walk out on the street look at the the, the way people dress um, the way kids behave. My, my kids were last in school, um, it's just over three years ago now, and wow, I mean, you, you, you know, even a, a fairly, what was considered a fairly nice school, you, you wouldn't want your kids spending any time with these, these, these other kids, sadly, and, um, and the stuff coming out of their mouths, the way they behave, the stuff they're allowed to watch, the, just, just crazy. The, the, the drugs in this country, I mean, they're, they're just a uh, if you, if you, I mean, I look back to people I used to know, and um, I've still kept in contact with some people to try and get them saved. And wow, the lives are just—it's pretty bad. And you can kind of see that. You can see what's going on with this country and how bad it is when we're basically the guinea pigs for some terrible vaccine. With, I mean, all this, you know, all sorts of rumours and stuff. And I don't know what you can and can't believe, but. Wow, I mean, it, this country are the first people to be getting jabbed up with a suddenly newly made vaccine. And uh, I mean, it, is it any wonder when you look about and see what it's like? We've got just another quick stat for you. 190,000 abortions in 2018 in England alone. 100, over 190,000 abortions. Um, and I think something which is telling is throughout this whole country we have we, we did a count didn't we we had it up recently and i counted 10 churches in england with the right gospel and the right bible okay 10 churches now if you think about the united states for example and don't get me wrong they got a lot of problems there as well we're about six of their population there's 328 million in the united states that's the equivalent of only 60 churches in the whole of the states with the right gospel and the right bible now can you imagine the pulpit banging going on with some of the preachers we know and love if, if it got to the point where there was literally only that many churches left? Now, I'm not saying churches which have everything right, just that have the right Bible and gospel. And, and by the way, of those 10 churches, none of them, are, I don't think, are really soul winning. So of those churches in this country. And um, we know, like I, I preached on this a while ago, for example, in, um, in when, when it came to Sodom being destroyed, God agreed not to destroy it for ten righteous, just ten righteous in a place as wicked as that. He would have not destroyed it for ten righteous. And Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And if we could get some righteousness, some righteousness obviously through, through saved Christians first and foremost, but, but even just to improve the righteousness of this nation, things would improve here and we do need a church we often talk about needing good churches here don't we we you know all of us together have regularly talked about oh we you know if only we had a good church if only we had this church oh we need good churches well we're going to see what is a good church in a minute but 
you know, no, make no mistake, like this country, as wicked as it is, it is receptive in some areas. Now, some aren't, you know, and, and we, I've soul, done soul winning in many different areas around the country, but some are really receptive. The other week, um, myself, John, and my daughter went to somewhere called Tilbury, um, not far from here, and I mean, we were just one group together, so we, weren't, we didn't separate out, and in the space of about two hours, I think two hours of soul winning, six salvations, in two hours, literally every door you knocked on. We're in, I mean, we even of those, as well as those six, we had a couple. I think we had a, a child who we were interrupted halfway through. The parent went out, but they were receptive. Just everyone was interested. And the one person that really wasn't, the one scorner, John ended up, I don't know what he did, but, but next thing you know, the guy got saved, you know, after a bit of a kind of half-hour debate and stuff, and he just knew he was, he was going to get saved anyway. So, you know, there are places like that. And, and you know, this, there's some low-hanging fruit here, and we need to get organised, don't we? We need to get out and be able to then build from there as well. So we, we, we often say, don't we, if only we had a church like this. And if we had a good church, we'd move closer to a, to a good church. And, well, you know, now's a test because we've got a chance. And, you know, I want to show you a few things in a minute about, about what that's going to be. Because it's not just about your favourite pastor, your favourite preacher. And we do have a chance, as we all know. Um, we, we, we have the possibility that this could grow into a church and we have some backing with that and, um, and, and it's all down to us now and that, that's us, not just myself, not just, just the song leader, you know, it's all of us and all of us are going to play a part in this. So, and, you know, amen, we have a great group here. So everyone here, amongst these 10 churches in this country, and, and I'll get on to those in a minute. Amongst those 10 churches, we still, everyone here pretty much, is re uh, yeah, everyone here is regularly soul winning, regularly getting out, um, trying to live right for God. And, and that's without, without the backing of a church, without that community. And, and wow, like what a start. What, what a start of a church we could be. We could also be a problem to a start of a church as well, because we've all been doing it our own way, haven't we? And we've all kind of, you know, been picking and choosing our pastors online or whatever else. But... We have a great opportunity. We have a great group of people here. Um, now, you know, like I say, there, there are people here who've been out for years. And the only thing, and we've just got to be careful, is that we haven't maybe got a little bit too comfortable. So some might be, well, yeah, but, you know, I'm quite happy at my church. I just get by there, go once a week, maybe twice. Maybe, maybe they go to all three services. Maybe, um, you know, still do your soul winning, you know doing what I'm told you know life's going okay for it for you well um we'll talk a bit about you know why a good church is so important but just remember like we might be going out soul winning but the great commission in Matthew 28 was to go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son of the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you and lo I am with you always even until the end of the world amen so we in general, only really fulfilling one part. Now, I'm not going to go, I'm not kind of turning into one of these kind of non-soul winning pastor Christian types. Ah, oh, it's only part of it. You know, like you're somehow, well, you know, what's the point if you only get them saved? No, getting them saved obviously is important. We, we know about hell, where the Bible's clear about hell. We know what we're doing when we're getting people saved. But I, I know myself, when I'm soul winning in London, I've got nowhere to send people. I, I, I can't even encourage them. Where am I even encouraging them to get baptised? You know, drive all the way down to where I'm. I'm a church. Most, most new believers won't do I know when I was a new believer, driving out to a church, I don't think I would have done that. And, and it, it's, it's tough. We're getting people saved to teach them as well. We're kind of giving them a few, maybe we're giving them a YouTube card, listen to this preaching. Maybe we're following up. But 
it's nothing like what we should be doing, what we can do with a church behind us in this country and then what will go on. It's not just going to be the one. We want to grow, don't we? We want to end up with churches planted all over this country. Okay, so what will make us a good church? Um, I don't know about you guys, anyone see um, the 15 year little video of, of Faithful Word? Wow, that was inspiring, wasn't it? Um, that, that was an inspiring video. For me, that really inspired me. Um, and there's no reason with a group like this, remember, part, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to compare you know, anyone here to maybe people at Faithful Word right now, but he started in his living room. He didn't start with a group already ready and raring to go, and he's built that from his living room. Okay. We're right now in a building. We're not a church yet, but it might, it, it could be pretty soon. Okay, um, if you have a look in Ephesians, so where we were in chapter four, so sandwiched between the, the sort of great doctrine of the first half of the book of Ephesians, particularly chapter two, if you're ever talking to Zionists, 11 to 19, and, and the second half where we've got this real practical instruction, don't we, living righteously. There's this passage of scripture um, Okay, in chapter 4, this passage of scripture from verse 7. Uh, <coughs> okay, we've got, sorry, in verse 7 to 8, we've got Paul explaining about, about, about gifts. Yeah, he's talking about the gifts given to us. Then from verse 11, we've got, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay, lay in wait to receive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body to the edifying of itself in love. Okay, so, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Okay, how to become a good church. Number one, it's by working as a team. Working as a team. Okay, so, look at that. In verse 11, you've got apostles. So this isn't where I start telling you I'm now Apostolian and got some healing to do, guys. Uh, okay, so we know obviously the, apost the apostolic age is over, but prophets, preachers, okay, we, we, we need preachers. And it's not just the person standing up leading a church who's, who's, who's a preacher. Obviously we preach the gospel, don't we, when we go out, but as well, you know, if we, if we eventually become a church, guys, we need guys who are able to step up and preach. Um, we need people that can rotate, you know, working full-time and starting a church is hard. Doing three sermons a week is hard. You know, it's pretty, pretty difficult, especially at the beginning when you're learning the ropes. But we need people that are able to get up, able to preach. That's what the men's preaching nights are going to be, be about. But we need preachers. And eventually we're going to need preachers to be able to go out and, go to, go, go out and, and eventually start other churches. Preach at other churches. We need preachers. Preachers who are going to preach, preach the Bible and, and stand on the Word of God. Okay, evangelists. Now, obviously, we all we all are evangelists to some degree, but there are some there are some here that have the ability, with maybe life, you know, reasons. Maybe they don't have a family at this point, 
Um, maybe they don't have other things which make it harder for them to get out so regularly. Um, you know, I'm thinking right now, for example, especially when he's away, you know, Brother Kenton here, you know, he's out, he's out soul winning all around the world, you know, we, and, and we need that, but we need that around here, I'm thinking as well, like Brother John over there, I think up until his little baby was born, was out maybe three times a week, was that, was that right, John, with your wife for the last, you know, several months now, and, um, you know, we, we need evangelists, um, and this, this list in verse 11, it's not an exhaustive list yet, there, there is like, there's a part that everyone here, everyone, including kids, everyone will have a role to play. And thinking about kids, yeah, like you definitely have a role to play, not just in soul winning. Soul winning, great. I, I don't know about you guys. I know when I'm out with my kids, and pretty much I'm, I'm always soul winning with my kids nowadays. Um, I, I know when I, the odd time that I'm not with them, the reception's just that little bit different on the door. People are just that little bit more open, a little bit more happier to have a talk, a little bit less wary when I'm with my kids in general. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, kids as well, uh, you know, they, they can be trained up to give the gospel to other kids, you know. And, and yeah, for me, like, it's a great, great thing when you see a child giving the gospel and, and parents a lot of time relax a little bit more. I've obviously been able to do that with my daughter, be able to say, look, would you like my daughter to, to explain to your son, daughter, how to get saved? And, and yeah, yeah, okay, you know, and, and maybe they wouldn't have had it been me, and, and sometimes I know they won't have it, had it been me. Um, so kids, soul winning, but kids as well, you know, we're hoping to build up eventually have a church and be building it up and and we're going to have new believers come new believers with families kids that you guys are going to have to be able to fellowship with them be a good influence be able to to build that those children up as well encourage them to want to live for the lord um so kids like that there's you know you're just as much a part of this church and you're growing to be you know we if we make a church here we, we don't want this church to suddenly stop you know you know, unless we suddenly go into the tribulation, we want this church to just keep going, keep going. And that means you're the next generation in, in, in the churches that we want to start building in this country. So kids are a big part of it as well. And like I say, everyone has a role to play. It's easy, isn't it, when, we, when we're looking for a church, going to a church, well, what's it going to give me? What's it going to do for me? And, and don't get me wrong, yeah, you want to be, you want to, you want to be edified in a church for sure. But a church, a real church, a proper church, we should all be playing a part in that and doing things for each other and being a part of that church, being a success. Um, okay, if you, and, and if this goes, there's a bit more deep in this. If you go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. <clears throat> okay, and it's speaking about spiritual gifts, but from verse 14. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the iron, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? <clears throat> and now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, upon these we bestow more abundant honour, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honour to that part which lacked. 
that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Okay, have a look. Um, verse 25, 26. There should be no schism in the body. Okay, we, we, you know, that's important. We wanna, if we want this church to thrive, we want to all be going the same direction together. Be looking to help each other with that. Okay, we should all, if one suffers, we should all care for each other as well. Um, then the rest suffer with them. Um, now you look at some of this, you're thinking, well, we don't really, you know, do we have miracles anymore? You know, the gifts of healing, diversities of tongues. Well, maybe modern applications. I don't know, um, maybe uh, Brother Alex does some miracles with some sourdough starter, I tell you. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there, there are some great things that, that, that people can do still. And um, maybe, maybe when you're looking at, I don't know what we got here, maybe when you're looking at diversities of tongues, okay, yeah, sure, you know, we know that was, that was a gift for that day, but so, I mean, there are some people here that speak a lot of languages, you know, and that, that can be a great help in a country like this and in a multinational community that, that's around London and, and pretty much everywhere in this country, you know, that could be a great thing to have as well. We all have a role to play, not just the leaders, not just the, the people preaching. Um, governments, governments, leaders, you know, eventually if this church if we become a church and it grows you know there's going to be there's going to be need for for people who can lead deacons maybe going out to to become other church people that can take over there's going to be a lot a lot to do and helps there's so much to do so much help to do even just just like i said the cleaning rotor at the back there you know all of it all makes a church and it all makes a group into what we want to be which is a good church okay so we all um you know I, I suppose we all get this point, don't we, about teaming together? And everyone's probably read these parts of the Bible before. Um, and you know, you could probably give—I could probably give a hundred different team sport kind of analogies, and you'd all get it. You know, it's, that's obvious. But even um, I was thinking about this as well. Even individual sports. So um, anyone here done? I mean, probably everyone's done to some degree. But I know, I know, brother John at the back there. I don't know about anyone else here. Like to quite a good level, individual sports. And I tell you what. How important is your team, even in an individual sport? Um, I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about when, when I first went to Thailand and I competed out there. And I remember I was all geared up. I was all confident. I had my first ever competition. And I was, I was, um, I was about to get in the ring. You know, in fact, I got in the ring. And I had a big group of guys from this who were my team. You know, they were part of my group. They were they were part of the team. They were people I'd trained with, people that had trained me, people I'd sparred with, everything to get me ready. And suddenly my opponent pulled out, and they had like a stand-in. And suddenly I just saw their faces drop. Everyone's like, hey, "You'll be okay." The coach is like, "Don't worry." I was thinking I wasn't. You know, he's like, 
it's you know you're as good as him and I was like okay and, and it just dropped me and, and the first couple of rounds I mean I was because it just it just affects you you know straight away what was around me my team suddenly their confidence going in me the way they the way their countenance was and they weren't even saying anything but I could see that they had no confidence in me and, and I'll tell you what that, that affected me and it took me a couple of rounds to finally realise actually this guy wasn't as good as they made out he was third round I probably won it but um, I did that round sadly and it was only a three rounder but point being that, that even in individual sports you see that in, in high level sports as well just those fine details you know little things make a big difference in the same for anyone who ends up preaching for you know little things I, I read um, Jack Harles's book on preaching and he, he was saying that before preaching before and, and don't get me wrong he was preaching at big auditoriums as well he would um, he didn't want to talk about anything he didn't want to get into any serious conversation he didn't want to have to deal with any problems with his kids at home he just almost wanted to be pretty much on his own until he preached so he could just focus be in the spirit focus on his message focus on the result of his preaching and and it's not just the distractions that can be a problem it's not just you know the, the effect that that people their reactions can have on on leaders as well um, but but praying for your leaders as well praying for praying for leaders of, of if it's a church uh, you know praying for those people praying for people is important but it's not it's not just it's not just the leadership um, in a group in a group we know obviously you know first corinthians 5 i preached on that a little while ago we know that there are things which which, which mean people have to be kicked out of a church and and sin all different types of sin affects others it affects those around you when you're not in the spirit when you're not living right it will have a knock-on effect to a church and and it is a, it's a group thing it, it, you're all part of the body and how you behave how you live how you how you 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 hold yourself what you're doing in your time away from the church is really important I feel to make a church work um, Proverbs 11:14 says, "Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety." We want to be able to. You want to be able to in a church just ask advice and get godly advice. You want to be able to advise, talk, discuss, chat about things with each other. And if if there's people in the church who aren't reading their Bibles, who aren't living right, who aren't trying to follow the Lord, and you know that's going to affect others around you as well. Um, so we need strong, faithful people in the Spirit to counsel each other, to be able to help each other. Um, to be able to build each other up. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And, um, you know, that, that's going to be more and more apparent if we become a church, how we can build each other up, help each other. Okay, so back to Ephesians 4. So, 4, 4 verse 11. Ephesians 4, 11. We've got, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Okay, so how to become a good church? By working as a team, and number two, through biblically qualified leadership. Biblically qualified leadership. Okay, now what's you know the, the most famous I think passage for this? If you turn to First Timothy three, First Timothy three, and verse thirteen. Sorry, verse one to thirteen. First Timothy three. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, 
vigilant, sober, of good behaviour, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy or filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience, and let these also first be proved, then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own house as well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well, purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith, which is, which is in Christ Jesus. Okay, so obviously, you know, we're talking about leadership there. Um, and there's some obviously big similarities about that. And... Um, and, and this, this passage, you know, is a, it's not just, oh, well, anyone who wants to be a leader, really, we should be all aspiring to be like that, leaders in the home, leaders at work, you know, in any, any areas of our life. But um, verse 14, yeah, see what he writes here at the end. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly, unless you pay for Bible college and then forget what I just said. He didn't write that, did he? But wow what 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 have we got what have we got you know in these these churches here and all over the place you've got these kids yeah coming out of bible college who who literally can barely tie their own shoelaces they haven't got families they haven't been through any of this they don't qualify yet they're up there they're, they're taking on roles of leadership in churches then we're wondering why why we have this problem well we probably don't we we understand this i'm sure but so, it, it's nuts you I, I don't know, like I, I've been now around a lot of churches in the UK at least and, um, and I've, I've been to a lot, I've visited quite a lot and I've also kind of got in touch with a lot as well because I've been searching for churches ever since I was, I was saved. And wow, it, it, it never ceased to amaze me, the people you got out there, people clearly, clearly are disqualified, clearly disqualified from the beginning. I mean, to the point you've got people who look like blatant sodomites as well up there, some of them. You've got, you, you've got clear qualifications for leadership here and then instead they've just gone for this man-made institution this bible college this unbiblical thing um they come out with the same bad doctrine it just it, it pretty much preach you know teach the same stuff there and, and what's the deal with women at bible college what's all that about anyone it, it's like it's like they're there for the hookup everyone's it's like it's does anyone remember i don't know if anyone's old enough here to remember blind date Anyone remember that? I don't want to go into like worldly TV shows, yeah, but it, it's, it, it just makes me think of that. Bible college, they're all just there, just there, try and meet someone to get married, you know? It's, I mean, you can only imagine, you would not want to send, especially not your, your young daughters to Bible college. I mean, just unbelievable. But, um, so they come out with the same bad doctrine, don't they? And there are reasons for these qualifications. There are reasons for it. And some are obvious. So having multiple children, having multiple children, uh, you know, those of us here who have kids, I'll tell you what, it doesn't half change you, you know? And it, you learn to lead, you learn, or you hopefully do, you either lead or you don't, you know, it's one or the other. Um, and, 
and but there's a difference as well. There's a di and this isn't knocking anyone that doesn't have kids because you know we, we, there are different things that come from different lives and and hopefully you know ho I, you know hopefully those that do have kids will learn what we're meant to learn from it. But Psalm 127. Um, in fact, yes, yeah, so turn to Psalm 127. Why is it so important to have have children if you're going to be in leadership? Fair but being a parent, you know, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I was a lot more selfish before I started having kids. And, and be, leading a church, you need to care about the people in your church. You need to be able to think about others. When you're a single guy on your own, the truth is, the only person you need to think about in general is yourself. And it makes a big difference. Um, okay, if you turn to Acts 20. Acts 20. And in verse 28, so this is Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders here. And he says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. Being a, being a leader is serious, serious business in this, in, in, you know, when you're doing things, especially when you're leading a church, leading a group, it is serious business. There, there are false prophets everywhere, aren't there? And we know that, we, you know, again, something which you don't see preached about much in a lot of these churches, there are false prophets everywhere. Look, uh, turn to Second Peter 2. And back in Acts, he was, I mean, he's warning them with tears because he knows what's going to happen. He knows how bad it, bad it will go and can go. And in 2 Peter 2, he says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise for you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Okay, and it, you know, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And now with YouTube, what, what, you know, we're, you know, we can be affected by this a lot more than maybe back 50 odd years ago or not even, you know, not even that. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Every time I, I, I watch anything on YouTube, what's suggested after is it's always a false prophet, isn't it? Um, who do you get? John MacArthur, do you? Yeah, Ravi Zacharias, I get oh. Billy Graham, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, wow, and, and you know, and, and, and the thing is, yeah, okay, we might be wise to this, you know, but um, is there any wonder why the pastors that we love, the pastors we, f we follow and that we respect, 
are making a stand on this stuff and they have to make a stand and people kind of oh they're so mean aren't they you know why is it always infighting you get these stupid comments come up well no wonder they have to make that stand because it's everywhere and if they're you know we we might look at it go oh you can tell you know they are but there's a lot of newer christians you know back five six years ago would i have really been that discerning no i know i wasn't you know and and i'm sure many others as well and they have to make a stand and that's why in in uh in timothy chapter three there he talks about being vigilant you know and it's important to be vigilant um john 4 1 says many false prophets have gone out into the world and you know there's there are i think they're everywhere aren't they it's amazing really for me i i, I sometimes just stand amazed at how many there are but the bible says there are there are many and there are many aren't there now um Another important thing, it, you know, we saw was to have a good report of them which are without. And, you know, these are just a couple of highlights I'm picking out of this because, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to, to look at these. It's easy for us and, and something, you know, I, I've really examined myself about um, and I think we all need to because I, I've, there are probably people here that would like to go on to, to, to lead, you know, churches, to, to help lead, you know, in, in different capacities. And, the Bible says to have a good report of them which are without, yeah, because of, really, because the persecution will come. You don't want them to be able to go, well, a year ago or two years ago or three years ago, and it's easy, isn't it? Because we go to these churches and you look at them and you just say, I could do a better job than that. And, and you probably could. To be honest, we could, probably everyone here could do a better job leading, leading a church than the vast, vast majority of churches in this country, probably barring a handful, okay? And... But that doesn't mean that we're qualified to lead. And we've got to make sure we're qualified to lead before we try and lead. Um, because a good report of them which are without, it doesn't mean, well, you know, in the last six months, you know, I've been doing things right, the last year, you know, or, or whatever else. No, you, you should have people that are without, not Christians who are looking at at least respecting the fact that you live right and that you have been living right for a long time. Yeah, not, not to have a load of mud they can throw at you because, you know, it, it will come, won't it? It will come. Leading a church, leading a proper church in this country, that's going to come. So it's got to be week in, week out over years. Um, and the pastor teacher role, it is, it is the one in the spotlight, isn't it? And, you know, with that, you know who like if if you know with this if this becomes a church or in the future and and anyone else goes out and becomes a leader of a church you know we're going to need support encouragement prayers you know we're going to need all that and again that's where that whole teamwork comes in yeah okay so we've got we've got number one yeah working as a team number two through biblically qualified leadership okay just look at ephesians 4 again we're going to be going backwards back and forward to Ephesians so maybe keep a finger in there <clears throat> and verse 11 says and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ so for the work of the ministry and number three I think to become a good church it's by working hard okay hard working people is what we need and it's not just the leadership everyone needs to be working hard every good church we know of and we love has hard working pastors and hard working church members every single one um 
these guys have started their, their ministry with full-time jobs. Like I say, they're preaching three sermons, a lot of them. Three sermons a week with full-time jobs, families. Some, some were even working extra hours on top of our kind of golden 40 hours or whatever it is, you know, that, that, that we were maybe, maybe not so much recently working here. These are hard-working people. And, and they continue working hard even when they become full-time. I mean, amen for church plants, eh? Because if that works out, Praise God that, 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 you know, there are pastors out there that want to still do hard work and even want to come over here and plant churches. Missions, you know, going out and doing mission trips is something a good church should be looking to do. The different events, you know, the different fellowship events, so that you're kind of getting that, that you know, you're getting that time, that fellowship, that enjoyment for being with each other. And you don't have to start seeking it out with your work colleagues or whatever else, you know. And that stuff takes work. It all takes organising. It all takes hard work. You know, and then all the extra stuff, the documentaries, etc. And, and a lot of this, it's not just a leader. You know, this is a whole church doing this stuff and all playing a role and all having a part in that. And we've all, everyone, if we want to make, if we want to become a church, we want to be a successful church, we all need to be saying, right, I'm going to work hard. Not, I'm just going to be a once a week. Or even I'll come to three subs, but I ain't doing nothing else, you know. We... You know, we've all been praying for this, haven't we? And I, I believe, I, I do believe, yeah, that that it's not just the praying, that it's everyone here who's been faithful for years, yeah, just going out week in, week out, yeah. That's encouraged each other as well with this, yeah. That's that's put up with with some some not so great churches at times, you know, and maybe have found better ones at other times. But but it's that where I think now God's looking at us and going, right. I think I think you guys are ready, you know. And we've all put, oh, if only there was a church. No, we we've shown something. I mean, I know, like, you know, people here have been encouragements to me with it. I know, like, over lockdown, the encouragement, like, brother Dan, there. I mean, me and him out, like, over lockdown with a table, just, you know, at the beginning it was like iffy because I'd just been door knocking before they announced it, and they had literally doors slammed in my face. People go, you should be out, you should be out, you know, COVID, COVID, and you're thinking like, how are we gonna like get the gospel? Out? And then, you know, we we went out. And what an encouragement. I think God's reward, and, and I know everyone was doing their own things, you know, and, and God's rewarding that, yeah? God's rewarding that, that perseverance. And I think, I think you know, if we, if we just, if we keep with that focus and not just, ah, oh, well, you know, now we've got it, we could just kind of take the foot off. No, now we need to go and do more and make, make a church work. So, um, okay, so... Again, it's with the church members as well. And like I said before, not just one service a week. It, may, it always makes me think, that I won't name it, but there was an old pastor, a few, it's a few years ago now, so um, I, I don't have a problem with saying this yet. This, this pastor is in this country, yeah? He is a full-time missionary. Yeah, full-time. Yeah, he has. Yeah, we went to his house, yeah? He's got, I think it was a five or six-bed house, yeah? Um, it, it, I mean, it was nice, yeah? Full paid for, f paid for by supporting churches, yeah, around the States, yeah, full time and his family, yeah. Now you're thinking, man, like you're paid full time, you can imagine what can he get done. Imagine the soul winning, imagine the services, imagine all this stuff. One service a week, one service a week on a Sunday morning is all he does. One, still now, to this day, I'll check before, before this, I just saw, I wonder what they're, if they're still doing that. One service a week, yeah, and this is a, an independent Baptist missionary, one service a week. That is not what it should be, is it? We should be, you know, that, you know, one service a week, full time. Oh, and soul winning, by the way, is 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 an, an hour twice a week of giving some leaflets. Okay, that's it. That's it. But that isn't what's going to make a good church, is it? And no wonder that will never be a good church. 
we need to be out working hard soul winning soul winning is hard work can be hard work can't it you know and, and some days you don't maybe feel like it it can be hard it can be hard for the kids as well you know and again we need you guys working hard with that those of us with families if our kids are moaning complaining oh when are we going oh you know it's don't really you know what's the time you know like 10 minutes into soul winning are we nearly done yet you know that that that's not going to help that's not hard work we need the kids encouraging wanting to be out there wanting to be working hard to get people saved to to and god will build the church i'm not saying all those people are going to come to church but god will build it if we do the work and it's not just handing out flyers is it it's not posting bibles through the same church they, they got like ten thousand bibles just posting through letter boxes i was there at the time saying let's go and knock the doors oh well you know you know got a lot of bites so so i had to al- almost force forces pastor to come and knock some doors whilst going up to the door and putting a new testament bible through the door what what a colossal waste of money Ten thousand they posted through the door that had been sent over for free from i think tennessee or somewhere uh, i mean uh, amazing amazing um okay we also we need silent partners guys don't we so we need to try and encourage encourage those because right now we could do double the work if we had the same amount of silent partners as we have talkers so we need to encourage people getting saved those of you who are silent partners keep going man because i'm not saying never talk but really like we need them you know and, and we you know don't there's no no pressure there's no oh well Oh, it's a bit embarrassing if I'm still a son. Not at all. You know, we need silent partners. Get right. Get your gospel presentation right before you do. Talking about that, um, something that, that uh, you know, I'd suggest to everyone. Now, has anyone here seen the uh, Pastor Jimenez uh, full, like, series of, of how to preach the gospel, the instructional? Yeah, the seminar. It's like 10 part. Okay, on Shore Foundation Baptist Church's website, they've got all 10 parts under soul winning on it. Um, I went through this the other day. If only I'd done it years ago, you know, I was like, man, man I'm terrible. <laughs> but, no, I mean, you know, I, really, like, I learnt so much from it. And I was thinking, wow, like, I really could have done with that. Because for me, like, really, I'd started before I'd even got into NIFB preaching. I, I started so from, like, Jack Hull stuff. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I still get people saved through work and stuff. And then I, I kind of, I watched different presentations but they were the video ones so I kind of started incorporating that and they're a bit less interactive you know and so you're kind of copying how they do a presentation on a video but it's very different isn't it that instructional is great I would encourage anyone even if you have watched it maybe watch it again Um, I know that that's how we you know how really the idea is for us to be more like that kind of way of doing things yeah okay um okay so it, it, yes, it can be hard work, but it's the work of the Lord. So if you, um, if you turn to 1 Corinthians 3, 8. So 1 Corinthians 3, verse 8. While I read 1 Corinthians 15, 58, uh, which reads, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Okay, so... We should be always abounding. Why is it not in vain? Well, 1 Corinthians 3, 8 says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth the one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labour. So as much as, yeah, people going to hell should be a motivation for us, for sure. Building our church, just doing what God tells us to do, is and should be a motivation. But don't lose sight of the eternal rewards as well, guys. We work hard in this life, yeah. The rewards are for, for forever. Okay, they're for eternity. Um, 
Okay, a good church, a good church does need everyone working hard. I, I went, um, I w- another like, thing I was thinking about, I was thinking about this. I went to a church a little while back, I visited, um, and they, um, they, they, the pastor was up up the f- uh, sorry they had like a visiting pastor up the front and he was saying like yeah yeah come try and encourage people to come out you know and I was thinking wow okay yeah you know they put on their website they're in a soul winning yeah they're gonna come out soul winning so I had a look and um I, I was having a listen sorry I, I'd had a look on the website and they had and he said yeah you know come out because brother I can't remember the guy's name he said you know he really puts us all to shame yeah he's such a hard worker and I was thinking yeah great and they said they said um he said, you know, no one can keep up with him. And I was thinking, wow, he must be getting a lot of salvations. Well, it, it actually turned out no one could keep up with him. He was so fast between doors at putting a flyer through the letterbox. <laughs> and this was their example. This was a one guy in a whole church, soul-winning church. Yeah, Like, that, that's what, what we're dealing with here, okay? Like, that was their hard work. But no, we want to be hard workers going out giving the gospel, don't we? Not just how quickly we can get a leaflet through a letterbox. Or, and same, how, how not, and it's not just obviously how quickly we can rack up salvations either. Because again, anyone can just get someone to pray. It's getting people saved, isn't it? Okay, so other hard work running this service obviously all of this takes work uh the food takes work the, all the ladies like making all this food that's hard work you know um the cleaning rotor which is i'm hoping is going to be full up that's going to be work there um the praying that we should all be doing for each other for this to become a church um the the learning the learning uh, reading your bibles you know that's all work yeah it's good work but it's work raising new members raising the youngsters is work yeah um, and it's all work that we should be doing with the church in mind fellowshipping new people when we start getting people in here you know we don't want to just be our own little clique and then just a couple of you we want to be making that effort to be kind to be to, to try and encourage them to, to meet up with them you know to maybe swap numbers um, try try and try and get to know new people um, and then eventually hopefully missions as well you know, we want to be doing stuff as, uh, if we become a church, we want to be doing stuff as a church. Proverbs 34 says, The soul of the sluggard desireth and have nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. So we want to get some good fat souls going on around here. Okay, so Ephesians 4 again. So if you've got a figure in Ephesians 4, um, verse, verse 12 to 14. Okay, so all of this, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So how to become a good church? Number one, by working as a team. Number two, through biblically qualified leadership. Number three, by working hard. Number four, by building up the believers. Okay, by building up the believers, building up the members of the church. Um, The preaching and teaching is for the perfecting of believers. Um, A good church service is is not for the unsaved, okay? Yeah, we want to get people saved, we want to get people in the church, but, but we go out to preach the gospel, don't we? That's the whole point, yeah? We come in to be perfected, to be edified. Um, okay, so we, we talk a lot, I mean, I've heard all of us talk about that word edify before edifying each other. What does it mean? To instruct and improve the mind in knowledge generally, and particularly moral and religious knowledge in faith and holiness. Okay, so we come to church to be edified. Here it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay. 
we're not getting edified at churches with the gospel here at the gospel week in week out okay that ain't happening that's not how we get edified now um we 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 join the service yeah we 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 come to a service to learn things to get built up to then be sent out hearing someone just give the gospel obviously and and there's a lot of that sadly at a lot of churches um <clears throat> okay i was thinking of an analogy with that but for the sake of time i'll leave that um but how to build up believers okay so there's a few ways to edify and perfect if you turn to second corinthians 4 second corinthians 4 Sorry, sorry, 2 Timothy 4, my mistake, 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4, from verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Okay, so in verse 1 he charges them, he commands them. Okay, in fact he commands him, sorry, he's, he's talking to Timothy, he commands him okay he, he's and he's saying here he's commanding him to preach the word be instant so that's sort of urgent earnest yeah so so it should be like when as a uh, as a preacher we should be seeing things and preaching on them before they get out of hand yeah preach the word be instant in season out of season so in fashion or out of fashion um okay reprove rebuke Okay, so reprove is like express disapproval, rebuke is harsh criticism. So maybe, maybe my son, you know, is doing cartwheels over the baby, you know, maybe I reprove him at first, he does it again, now it's time for a rebuke, you know, probably, probably a thrashing as well. But, okay, reprove and rebuke. Okay, so there's times for reproval, there's times for rebuke. And we've got to, you know, we've got to hear, all of us, you know, all of us have to be ready, ready for, to take a reprover, to take a rebuke, yeah? And don't be the one that can't take that, yeah? And, and it's not personal, and sometimes it's funny, sometimes you hear preaching, you're like, I'm sure, I'm sure that's about me. And sometimes it probably isn't, but it's the word of God convicting you, you know? And, and can we really, can we really take proper preaching? Because some of us are going to find out, aren't we? We're going to find out when we're there in a room getting preached at week in week out and i'm not saying it's not all shouting and screaming because we're going to see in a second there's another word there which isn't but but we have to be able to take that uh, to be able to deal with that because if we can't maybe we're just so comfortable that pastor love you all's church or whatever it is and it's not really love is it it's love of himself but but that sort of where oh no you don't want to offend people nonsense so we're all of us probably got quite used to that we can distance like i always say you can distance when it's on youtube to another church but the bible in proverbs 9 8 says reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee Rebuke a wise man, he will love thee. We want to be the wise men. We want to, when we hear the word of God reproving and rebuking us, we want to love, love that person, love the word of God, love God for doing that. Um, not, not be the scorner. The scorner ain't a good person to be. Okay, so um, we want to reprove, rebuke. Now, 
It also says exhort though. And again, it's not all just screaming and shouting and, and telling you what useless Christians you are, you know, that, that a leader, preacher should be doing. Um, the exhorting, exhorting should be encouraging with all long suffering. That's enduring patiently a doctrine. Okay, so what is that doctrine that, that we should be encouraging with? Well, verse 3 to 4 talks about its sound doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Okay, it's got to be sound doctrine. What are the fables? Well, Titus 1.14 says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Okay, and this makes me think of this racist Zionism nonsense. Okay, and it is. It's just racist nonsense, isn't it? This, that we get everywhere. It, it just, it really winds me up. It makes me sick. 1 Timothy 1.4, talking about fables, says, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Okay, endless genealogies. How does someone prove they're one of the chosen people, prove they're a Jew, without endless genealogies? It's impossible. It's so clear in the Word of God. And the more you, the more you read it, the more it is so clear, this nonsense. Well, what nonsense it is, this Zionism nonsense. And, and that's not the only doctrine. There's so much bad doctrine. And, and doctrine, you know, it does... It, you know, it does go hand in hand, uh, you know, in many ways, because as soon as you start going wrong on one thing, it just, it all goes wrong, does it? And then you end up with pre-tribulation raptures, people that aren't even prepared for persecution. It's crazy. Now, um, if you go back to, to Ephesians 4, and verse 13, <coughs> says, Till we all come in the, in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So when we're perfected and edified and united, we'll go on to be more Christ-like, okay? And, and we'll do greater works for God. Okay, verse 14, in, in Ephesians still there, in Ephesians 4, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Okay, so we might think that we're grounded. We, we, we understand those kind of major doctrines, but bad church and bad doctrine can ch and do chip away at you, for sure, they do. You start to question a little bit, you know, and it's not just those big ones that, okay, you're not gonna question that necessarily, but it does, it chips away, it makes you doubt the truth, and that's a hard, it's been a hard thing, I've found it really hard. Going to churches, knowing the truth on things, going and trying to be a faithful church member, trying to respect, etc., and just being taught bad doctrine, bad doctrine, bad doctrine. It's really difficult. But I do think God's rewarding us all for this perseverance. But it makes you doubt the truth. And, and a good church, a good church needs to preach and encourage with sound doctrine because they do go together. For example, I was thinking about this recently. Um, for example, the reprobate doctrine. You, you can't, in a way, you can't really preach or you know you can preach sorry but repent of your sins showing what nonsense that is doesn't work without the reprobate doctrine really does it because how on earth can you be go you're going to people well you know of course of course you don't have to change it and we know we know it's faith alone it's clear as day that you believe you believe yeah it's all about belief yeah uh, whosoever believeth in me should not perish for ever everlasting life but so then what you're saying, you're saying that, that someone who does disgusting, disgusting perversions and all sorts, all sorts to kids and everything, could then believe and carry on doing that stuff. 
and be say it just doesn't make any sense does it and, and and i even had that with a password i was trying to talk a bit about the repent of your sins but it is a false you know it become a false church i don't really know really whether it ever wasn't i hope it wasn't but it become a false church they're preaching hard this repent of your sins and he said this well you know who am i to say that if you know a homosexual um you know you know should he have to stop doing that you know etc i think yeah probably you know and it just doesn't work does it and and these these doctrines you know the clear sound doctrine of the bible is perfect as soon as you mess them up it starts messing up other things and, and but there's little things as well in a church be a good church is a little bits as well the conversations because yeah it might be you know you might say well the preacher's going to get most things right you know he's going to study for a week before he preaches and, and it's hard you know for an hour of talking and I, I might sorry if i go over a little bit i've got a bit to say here for an hour of talking you are now and again sure you're going to maybe say something a bit off or something not that you you know of course you you know if you really are preaching something hard that's a false doctrine that's a problem but now and again you might say something a little bit off by mistake but everyone here is going to spend hours fellowshipping, chatting, talking, being amongst each other. And, and the things you say to each other have an effect on the church and have an effect on each other. And if you're trying to justify your little sin by trying to just push a little subtle doctrine stroke, you know, it's not really sinful, you're going to affect a church as well. And, you, and, and if we want to become a church, we need everyone to be make sure they're sound on their doctrine as well, yeah? Especially with new believers as well. Okay, so, okay, last bit. Sorry, guys. Ephesians 4. Okay, verse 15 and 16. <clears throat> but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is ahead, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Okay, how to become a good church? By working as a team, through biblically qualified leadership, by working hard, by building up the believers. Number five by standing on the word of God okay standing on the word of God a church needs to be speaking the truth the truth in love okay not the worldly no offending people type of love okay we're not talking about that nonsense we're talking about the truth in love and what's the truth we know what the truth is John 17 17 says sanctify through them them through thy truth it's the Lord Jesus speaking thy word is truth okay this is the truth this is what we need to be speaking in love okay so Many churches claim to stand the word of God. I mean, you see, you look, I mean, I've, I've been like a kind of tourist of statements of faith for years, and they all claim to stand on the word of God in the originals or something, the majority of them, sadly, you know, of which there is no actual Bible. But anyway, um, they claim to stand the word of God, but until it contradicts the world's wisdom, you know, or, you know, until it means make a real stand on something, they, they just don't do it. Or until it goes against the mainstream doctrines, um, Okay, very few really stand that speak the truth in love. And, and that love, that truth in love is, is a love that warns of the effects of sin. Yeah, that love that preaches on sin because, because the, the, the Bible, God, the, the preacher should be loving enough to be telling you not to, not, you know, telling you about what, what the consequences of certain sins, even if that offends half of the, the, the church. Um, love that warns people warns people warns the flock of reprobate predators okay and and the more you understand the more you see this the more you see what a risk what a danger they are and i'll tell you what i'm i'm you know for me i find it hard enough like you know you, you take your kids to a church you don't even know you don't know you don't know what's going on with half the people in that church you don't want them out of your sight 
you know and, and I would say that as well if you're taking your kids to, to you know to what, what church where they don't believe the reprobate doctrine where they think everyone bring in everyone they don't they've got no radar for it at all yeah and then it's just like yeah off you go you know and it's like you're upstairs having a chat there's basements things like that and you don't know where your kids are like i think you know no offense to people here like i think think about that because i think that's nuts yeah because we, you don't you don't know any of those people in that church yeah you don't we don't know each other that well but we, you know I, i'm pretty sure about everyone in here you know but but we should you know there are kids and love will be warning of that and being ready to kick people out and, and if in doubt get out you know because because it is this is that's a big thing these people are predators yeah and they are everywhere everywhere in this country love that calls out the popular false prophets yeah call them out tell them tell them what they you know tell people who they are what they are we see, we see that amongst churches and pastors we love and they're doing that and and praise god that they do that um love that means taking your brother or sister to one side and warning them the results of their sin you know it's not just the preacher is it it's that love amongst each other to do that to help each other to 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 speak the truth to each other you know not just oh well, i don't love the love of yourself is i don't really want them to not like me and maybe not say that yeah yeah i'm not saying just call out everyone on ev everything but but obviously you need to be discerning with that but love that wants to help each other love that calls out false doctrine love that calls out false doctrine no matter how unpopular you might get <coughs> Right, a good church believes that God's word is pure. Okay, Proverbs 35, 6 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. And, and sadly, most of these churches, sadly in this country, they don't really think it's pure, I don't think, because they just pick and choose. They pick and choose. And, and, and it's not a pick and mix. Um, okay, it's pure. Imagine you didn't have faith in it. Imagine you didn't. Imagine, like, I don't know. Imagine we were Christians. We were saved, but we didn't really have that much faith in it. Imagine how hard it would be. How hard is it for these people that just? I, I know a lot of them are unsaved, but there are some saved Christians there. You use false Bibles. You pick and choose which one. I mean, wow. I just can't even imagine living like that. It, it made me think when a few years ago I, I did. Um, I studied nutrition for a couple of years, yeah, and it was really frustrating because there is no like set way. So they had all, all these different theories, and even like they kind of have this textbook, these main textbooks they give you, but they'd just be saying, "Oh, research this, research that," and everyone's coming up with different ideas, different things, and you see it. Like everyone's got their own ideas, and this is good for you, this is it, this is how you should eat, this is how you shouldn't eat, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. And, and for me, like that's really frustrating when you don't have like just something that you can go right. This is the truth. This is it. This is that you know for us this is a word of God we know exactly if it says it it means it yeah um, and we should be standing on the word of God and a good church will stand on the word of God and if we become a church we need to stand on the word of God and that's everyone in here everyone in here um, okay and if there was only one place you were going to hear the truth where should it be the house of God shouldn't it um, turn to 1st Timothy 3 1st Timothy 3 <coughs> And verse 14 says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Okay, we want it to be the pillar and ground of the truth here. And, and when we become a church, you know, that's what we want people to think. It's a church, that's why I'm getting the truth. And that's from everyone, with everyone, to everyone. We're all gr grounded in this word. Okay, so faithfully preaching God's word is loving others, isn't it? We know that. 
trying to sound intelligent by questioning or criticising the preserved word of God is just loving yourself. And I've heard, I've heard that with King James only churches as well, where they start to, well, yeah, the translators here, they should have really said this or should have done that, or, oh, well, you know, they didn't, you know, if, you know th- this word, I, what was it he was talking, I think one pastor, I think it was about the word baptism maybe, uh, or maybe there was one with the word congregation, he's trying to suggest that they, had, they were basically being influenced by King James. It, just come on, you know, you don't know a thing, you know, or they try to go, oh, well, maybe they could have translated or should have translated it this. No, you don't know anything, yeah, what do you know? And, and it's just trying to b- lift up themselves all the time. No, we need to trust, trust this word of God. Um, Okay, we need to preach the whole Bible. Second Timothy three sixteen says that we know the you know famous verse: all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for repro- for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's all Scripture. Um, now the Lord Jesus Christ spoke the truth in love for the people when he called the scribes. I, I know just in in Matthew twenty three alone, he's called the scribes and Pharisees hypocrites. Blind guides, fools, extortioners, whited sepulchres, full of iniquity, serpents, a generation of vipers. Okay, anyone saying that the Lord Jesus Christ isn't loving? That was in love, okay? And we're told to, to, we're told to speak the truth in love, okay? Now, I'm not saying we just have to be here constantly throwing out insults, but that is love. That is love, and it's not love. Just say, oh, well, they're just a bit confused about, oh, you know, oh, well, they're just a bit off on, 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 on salvation at that church. But they're good people. You know, no, that ain't love. Yeah, that ain't love for the people that are, being, that are being conned by that nonsense. Okay, so a good church speaks truth to Jesus Christ, be the only way, the truth, and the life. You know, and, and that, that's where we go out. So the members go out of a good church, and they speak the truth in, in, in love of heaven, hell, and the glorious gospel we all know that we all go out and we do that we do that as soul winners and we want to make sure that if we become a church that that's what we do we're out there just preaching the truth yeah um okay so how to become a good church by working as a team number two through biblically qualified leadership number three by working hard number four by building up the believers number five by standing on the word of god okay last bit if you just read that verse 16 of ephesians 4 it says from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual work in the measures of every part make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love okay so when a church follows god's way becomes a tight-knit team the result is a church displaying the love of god and we've obviously talked about what that love is yeah um first john 4 8 says that god is love so what a great opportunity that we have here to make a difference in this evil nation. We have a great opportunity to become a church. Yeah? Um, so let's get united, get working for the Lord, and you know, let's, make a, let's make this into a good church. Yeah? Um, amen. So let's pr- if with that, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to preach your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just that we could stand on that word. Thank you for for showing us what what we need to do to be a tight-knit unit to be that that one body please help us to all want that to help us to all strive for that help us to all work hard for that um help us to all just 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 to live for you lord and live for your 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 church that you've given us to be able to go out there and preach the gospel to others and, and build them up too we just ask all these things um and ask you also sorry to bless our day as well in jesus name amen, amen. amen.